It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is a look at issues that affect today's veteran. The Basser Hour is brought to you by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour. Got my co-host with me today, Mr. Gerald Cook. We got a surprise guest. We got Mr. Alex Graham from the big state of Washington. Gerald, how you doing today, buddy? Well, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, I was able to get out of bed today without too much trouble. Didn't fall down too many times. So made it in here to my desk, got in my comfy chair. You did. So that's a, that's all good. That's good. Good. I've been working on the computer all day. So, Alex, buddy, how you been doing? We we haven't heard from you in a while. Well, I'm as good as I could. I had that congestive heart failure back in April, and nobody's been able to figure out why until they took me off of doing the phlebotomies. I haven't had a phlebotomy since May. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting well again. My heart correctly. Born's 12 feet tall, and I'm getting three years on a stock, so I can't complain. 12 feet tall, three foot tall. That's pretty Lord, good. that's going to be good for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that, yeah. Uh, that silver queen. About every third stock. Oh, yeah. Grows. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of, a lot of corn. How's the greenhouse going? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a real interesting story, John. <laughs> you know, I I just got shut down up there at the Court of Veterans' Appeals, but they never approve a writ of mandamus anyway. So if you get denied, you shouldn't take it like a personal. <laughs> but. Yeah, I got denied just like I figured I would, but I got the VA to start staring over there at the Seattle regional office and ask them just exactly what the hell they're doing up there and why they haven't produced a greenhouse after a year and two weeks. And for that, I mean, I did win because Meg Bartley says uh, in her decision, says, I do not hope, I will ever hope to see this thing back part of it again. I trust that you chuckleheads can get this thing done. It's only a greenhouse. It's not rocket science. We're not going to the moon. We're not building the greenhouse on the moon. Come on. We're going to build a greenhouse here for Mr. Graham because he's a severely disabled veteran. But we'll be quick about it, and I don't want to hear any more. So please don't show up here again. Well, you better be careful, Alex, or they'll give that greenhouse and then a month you'll lose about 200 square feet. Well, I, they're already trying to do the haircut. <laughs> the, the 24 by 48 shrank down to a 15 by 20 with a pull chain light on the ceiling and a hose bib. I think they were going to throw a table in there, like a cardboard <laughs> or something to put my shit on, but... Hey, I'll make a long story short. It was it was humorous because they've spent two years and well a year and well like five years denying me. Now finally they got to give it to me, and they're they're trying to keep it at the Seattle regional office without letting it go back to Washington because if it goes over twenty five thousand dollars, then they can't administer it themselves. It has to be done by the DC. Well. Realized that they were trying to grab it, holding onto it here. I didn't know that, but that's exactly what they were doing. So I, I kind of was waiting ever since they I threw the bottle back into the ocean to them on July thirteenth. Days to come up with a new plan. They didn't yet, so they have until October fourteenth to comply. The 13th is 90 days on October 13th. So, lo and behold, Monday morning uh, I get a call from vocational rehabilitation counselor, Mr. Chris uh, Holloway, and he says, "Well, I'd like to come over and sit down and talk with you. We we just don't, we don't seem to be communicating here." I says, "Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a two-way street. You know these phone things. They work." 
ways. You got 20 days to poop or get off the pot here, Chris, until we, otherwise I'm returning to the Court of Veterans' Appeals and ask them to recall mandate on this extraordinary writ. And they're, well, we don't know, you don't want to do that. No, let's not go there. Let's, uh, hey, I want to just come, I'll just drive on over there. We'll talk next Monday morning. I said, Chris, we've talked. We've been over here four times. We've talked. We sat down and talked on July 13th, and all I heard you saying is, this is what you get. Sign here. And that didn't work for me, and and it, I don't. it doesn't sound like it's working for you all of a sudden. So he says, well, what are, you, what are we going to do? So for an hour and 18 minutes, I explained to him why he was going to give me a big greenhouse. And finally, at the end of the conversation, he goes, Okay. Well, what's what's the name of that gal at Farm Tech who's your who's your vocational uh, horticultural specialist and disabled? My her name's Karen Meister. Just, well, what's her telephone number? I, you've had that information. So fifteen. Look it up in the C file if you need it. If not, I'll I'll email it to you again. And I called her yesterday morning. By golly, he's talked to her. So it sounds to me like that they're going to, they're finally acknowledging the fact that they're going to have to go over $25,000 on the greenhouse. And then, what the hell? Gerald, if you go over, if you go over $25,000, who cares how far over 25 you go, really, in the scheme of things? Yeah. You have to look at it on his side, though, because he's, he probably gets a bonus for saving money there, Alex. And he, he probably will get a bonus for the rest of his career. Yeah, you ruined his bonus. Well, I might have ruined his bonus, but I'll tell you what. I applied for this in May of 2011, so you can count that out. It's 968 days. <laughs> Their salaries of those two jokers that have been denying me all this time from 11 until now, it adds up to each one is making about 100K a year. So five years times 200,000, that's a million dollars they spent denying me. And now they're going to get here and get empty with me over 26000 or $115,000 for a greenhouse. It's like there just ain't no justice, boys. Well, that'd been money ahead if they'd pulled the resources and just built you a greenhouse. That's correct. Yep. Back in eleven, I was stupid. You could have given me a a fifteen by twenty back in two thousand eleven. I would have been in high cotton and laughing all the way to the. Bank. But but the longer they fought me, the madder I got, and finally I started thinking to myself, well. Well, why not hydroponic? Why not put all the big lights on the ceiling? Hell, in two years, I might start growing dope out there. It's legal now. For <laughs> 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 now. <laughs> Come January, well, I can't, may not be. Project, <laughs> so I can't grow pot in there for the two years in the IL during my plan. But Hey, uh... You, are you ready for? Are you ready for some callers, Alex? <laughs> oh yeah, we got some callers here. Put them on. We'll start off the first one. All right. Hey, this is caller six one five area code. Uh, do you hear us? Yeah, James Cribbs. Oh hi, James. How are you doing? How you doing, Jim? I'm good. I'm good. I just uh, wanted to sit back and listen to Alex. Uh, see how he's coming on his greenhouse. I was thinking about getting uh, some kind of kit put together through the ILP to to start building rockets to go to the moon, and I thought I might get a few tips off of this show. Well, yeah, okay. you're in the right place. Yeah, well, I'll tell you about they're getting yeah, pretty don't, weird. Uh, they say you don't, can't don't have a Don't let me interrupt you. They won't I give just, you that. Uh, like that I'm, I'm just sitting back listening. All righty. Well, 
That's good to hear you, buddy. I'm glad I'm glad you listened, James. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to the next caller, folks. All right. Eric told nine one two. We got a call. We got a question for Alex. Yeah, Alex. Hello, area code nine one two. Evidently not. Okay, they just listen to them. That's good. All right. Let's try area code nine three one. Hi there, this is Ray Cobb. I'm with the Veterans Health and Veterans. I think we've talked before. I'm a friend of James. Oh, okay, Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I got the Agent Orange at Anniston, Alabama. That was my case and, and road to fame. Yeah, I kind of, like James, I wanted to sit back and listen, and I tried to look up today to get a little advanced information on some of the qualifications. Uh, uh, I kind of joined a couple of minutes late, but if you uh, if you could go over some of those, that what are the minimum requirements? I, when I saw it, it said you had to be uh, disabled and claimed outside of or within 12 years of the time you exited service. Was that correct, or was I looking up uh, in no. the wrong area? Well, well uh, let me that question. He's a certified ALP. ILP is unique. It's designed for the most severely disabled veterans under 38 U.S.C. 120. So you allow the VA secretary to define who the most severely disabled veterans are, and he's decided that's 20% or more, but Congress really, for people that are missing arms, legs, and the more severely disabled you are, more you qualify for the program, basically 290% disabled, so I'm about as qualified as you can. VA just doesn't think so. But as far as entitlement goes, once you're entitled for life, you can actually have more than one ILP going at the same time like I do right now. I asked them for a veteran's benefits manual for $331 because I just got my VA accreditation and I'll be helping a lot of vets on a no basis. So have a avocational slash vocational entitlement that that I'm a, I should be approved for and and if they don't give it to me, well I'll just appeal it all the way up to the Court of Veterans Appeals like I did with my greenhouse and I'll beat them again. The people don't understand the program works. There is no limit. There's no 12-year limit. The limit on 12 years, and I know where you're getting that from, is when you get out of the service, you did like me back in the 70s, I don't know, since then, you, you, the Montgomery GI Bill, you had 12 years from the time you got out of the service to start your four-year program that they'd pay you for five months of entitlement from the VA. That's the only entitlement, and that, that has nothing to do with with ILP. ILP is a completely separate program. It's it's under, like I said, it's under 38 U.S.C. 3120, and it's administered by VR&E, and it's actually a benefit, much like you would consider SMC to be a benefit. But mostly it's a service, and once you qualify for it, and you qualify just exactly like you would like for a VA uh, compensation claim. You need a little nexus letter from your doctor and say, man, uh, the vet would look a whole lot better in that Tempur-Pedic with the vibrating and the heat on it, uh, head, uh, the king size, so him and the wife can tip up. But the important thing is, is he qualified for that because he's got a real bad back because the dumb, dumb, dumb in there, he jumped out of an airplane and Perfectly good airplane, 318 times. Five of them were combat jumps, so he, he's entitled to it because he's got a bad service connected. So give him the bed. You might have to go all the way to the Board of Veterans' Appeals to get him to that, like I did with the greenhouse. But it basically can jump out of an airplane 318 times. I only crashed in one once. No. That didn't qualify me for ILP either, believe it or not. 
But, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of misconceptions about ILP, and it just, it just drives me up the wall. They've buried this thing in the back room. They've bulldozed 10 yards of dirt on top of it, and nobody will even mention it exists. And then when you start working on them, they go like, well, yeah, yeah, we can get you an electric can opener. That's not what the ILP was designed for in 1982. It was aimed at... Believe it or not, a vet's with PTSD. Give that boy a riding lawnmower and he'll be outside talking with the neighbors. He won't be inside sticking guns out the windows and wondering when the cops are going to show up. He quit sucking on that lead lollipop and get out and enjoy life. That's what the ILP is all about. It's to give a man a, a, life, a life raft, get, throw him a life ring there, and give him something to do mentally. I, I don't have never been diagnosed with a PTSD or anything like that, but I came home kind of with pretzel brain and bent brain logic in 1972 after two years in the jungle. So I know how you can get twisted and turned around. So I can see also where ILP is the perfect program for folks like that. And I, I keep them alive. I think it's like the secret weapon to get rid of those 22 veteran suicides a day personally. For a lot of bats, anyway. And that's all I'll say about that. So you're saying, uh, Alex, that uh, actually you only need like 20% uh, <coughs> service-connected can, uh, to qualify for ILP? Well, let me rephrase that possibly. You need at least a 20% disability to qualify for vocational rehabilitation. Now, if they could test you and run you through your paces, and then they might decide, wow, this guy's got some severe obsessive compulsive disorder. He's got some non-service-connected mental issues that perhaps might not make him employable or we're not going to train him uh, vocational rehabilitation goal towards getting him a job because we don't feel that even if we did that it would be fruitful, that he might not gain from it. But IL program is basically everything you're injured by, everything service-connected unservice-connected. So... You could have a lot of non-service connected abilities and a 20% disability and a good tailwind behind you, and you might win that claim if you could get a doctor to say majority of your problems are that are that 20% disabled as opposed to the 80% non-service connected disabled. So the, the avenue... I, it's very limited, even at 20%. Most guys that have even bothered to apply for ALP at a bare minimum are on TDIU or 100% schedule or, or on special monthly compensation, S, L, M, et cetera. Okay, so uh, actually 20% would be the bare minimum. Uh well, it's the, it's the gatekeeper that keeps you out of any vocational rehabilitation. Uh, again, you know, your individual voc vocational rehabilitation counselor that your case individually, on paper, should get it. I mean, on paper, but you know as well as I do what pay-per-view is. It's, uh, and you know what the VA is, they deny 85% of the time. Well, this program, they deny 100% of the time unless you're missing two legs and two arms and you you overqualified, shall we say, then they'll give you something. They'll immediately say, well, you can't have a greenhouse because you don't have any legs, so how would you get out there? So then you get into EA and this and that. But, it's it, you know, it's interesting girl, to, to dig and see what you can accomplish if you try, if you don't try, of course, you'll never what you can get. started asking for a computer, and they said no, and I 
pushed him, and I got my computer. And I said, whoa, hey, that wasn't hard. <laughs> we just backtracked, and it says, okay, if it works like that, I want a greenhouse. And I, I can't be outside, and, and the rest of it's history. But the BVA judge did say that it was a unique situation, but... I challenge any of you as veterans, if you have a unique set of circumstances, you could qualify for a, a woodworking shop, uh, whatever your heart desires, a metal, something to get you out of the house, get you out from in front of that TV and watching Drew Carey and Price is Right and the Young and the Breastless and the rest of the crap. Hmm. Yeah, now that's pretty interesting. Uh, I think it would. Uh, if veterans did have a fair shake at uh, at that, I would get a lot of them out of the house. Uh, you know, uh, uh, give them something to do, occupy their minds, and, and like you say, it could be possibly a little woodworking shop or possibly a little metal shop. Uh, uh, with a lathe or a bridge board or something like that. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, but, first of or all. Or fishing. I don't know that they'd give a guy a boat. but <laughs> Well, they came out with ILP for veterans just about the same time as they acknowledged that PSD existed. The two occurred almost hand in glove. And one was designed to complement the other one, and it was kind of a payback for how many, how, how badly we got screwed, shall we say, by the yay. <clears throat> and uh, so this was just a, it was a kind of thank you, and it was our little welcome, welcome home present. You had PTSD from Vietnam. Well, it worked like a champ until about '96, and then those first men they started saying, well. This is just too many people are, are getting too much. This guy here, he wants a Tempur-Pedic. That guy wants a, a, a jacuzzi tub because he's got pruritus of the skin. We think he could just go down there to the YMCA and tell him they got to let him in, even if he's got open sores on his back. And they won't let you in. So that's why you want your, uh, your, your jacuzzi tub at home or whatever, your hot tub. So... You know, you've got to have a set of circumstances that entitles you to something. You should have a PTSD rating, or not a PTSD rating, a rating of, of uh, IU or 100%. That gets your foot in the door. Nobody's ever going to say, well, we looked at it, and you don't just quite qualify. I think those are the prime prerequisites. Once you meet those and those, uh, those kind of... Uh, Parameters, it, it almost demands that they give you uh, the ILP. You've earned it. Well, you know, a guy could actually probably get a Kubota tractor saying he loves uh, farming. Well, guys got used to be getting those tractors. They get the snowplow uh, attachment for their own tractor if they ask for an ILP. Some got a rural guy out in Iowa might ask for a road uh, skinners to kind of flatten the roads out and gravel it, grade it off behind your tractor. And then one day the VA said, we're not going to buy any more tractors because it's a mobility device, like a car or a motorcycle or a bus. They quit giving out riding lawnmowers for the same thing. I don't know if they expected that some vet's going to jump on his riding lawnmower and drive it to the VFW and get drunk some afternoon. Lord, of course, I don't put any as to VA. Nope, I'm sorry, sir. That's a mobility device. We can't buy that for you. But that's the way it stands right now. But fortunately, somebody had to go backtrack on that regulation and say, okay, electric wheelchair is not a mobility device, so that's okay. But you can't have the Cub Cadet, you can't have the golf cart, you can't have the riding lawnmower, you can't have anything motorized, regardless of whether you put a license plate on it or not, except for an electric wheelchair. There's a lot of veterans that are going to be starting to fight that. 
about riding lawnmowers. Quite useful. I'm, I'm here to tell you how useful it is because I can't push one very easily anymore. Oh, yeah, riding lawnmower, I would think, would certainly be among uh, their one of their benefits uh, because, you know, if you have a very large yard, a lot of veterans just, at best, can hobble around. They do need a, that's a legitimate, uh, uh, you know, uh, use for one. I, I don't see why the BA would be so hard-nosed about that. You know, if it was self-propelled, they'd probably tell you it still didn't qualify. Of <laughs> it and propel it. Well, I mean, that's how that's how jaded I think about the VA. Is there something they can figure out a way to deny a claim? They will. And I do know this uh, from talking with uh, Bruce McCartney, my ILP guy, with a lot on the East Coast on this project, is uh, Atlanta Regional Office, BR&E officer there said, well, you know, the reason they took them riding lawnmowers off the menu is all them vets were asking for them, and and that's no fair. They're asking for them whether they needed them or not. So they were kind of crashing the system by Using it too much, and they they go get their letter from their doctor. They abused the system. That's why we took the lawnmowers off of it. Well, EA can't work like if you take the riding lawnmowers off. Strangely, the riding lawnmowers go along with the fact they don't issue greenhouses anymore, woodworking shops, camera gear, metal detectors. Much down to cordless. Can op- electric can openers, uh, the little things you pull your socks up with so you don't have to bend over. Can grabber for the shelf. Also, what am I missing there? Oh, yeah, the cordless phone in case you fall down and you can't get up. You know, Help! 911. <laughs> That's your angel phone. So, so change the parameters of ILP, and they're trying to turn it into a medical thing. You ask for a tempur bed that tilts up and down, they'll give you one. They'll give you one of them 36-inch ones that's about got a mattress on it. It's about three inches thick from the VAMC up there in Seattle. And here's your, your tilt-away electric bed. It doesn't have any vibrate. It's not a, not a tempur It's just a hospital bed. That's not what the doctor but that's what VA will supply you with if you pitch a bitch and push it. I I object to that. I think that's wrong, Cheryl. Well, that is wrong. And uh, matter of fact, I'd like to get one of these wheelchairs with them tracks on it you can take out in the boondocks. Oh, hell, I'm hoping to get one of those later on for duck hunting when I get real ill. Well... I don't know. Four-wheel drive, you know? Oh, yeah. I want something to go uh, out in the Tootleys. Mm-hmm. You know, in case the law ever gets after me, I can run off in the brush. <laughs> well, there was a day up until about 1998, 2000, somewhere in there, where you could get away with doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. First off, turned down was uh, some old boy says, I want a 56 Chevrolet convertible so I can be in VA parades on Veterans Day. Oh, well, sir, that's, hey, that's a good one. That's a good one, but he didn't get it. He went up to appeal to the VA, up to the Board of Veterans Appeals. I found it up there back in 1998, 2002, somewhere in there. But I find stuff like the judges will give you a, 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 a tempurpedic bed. I've got it. Found a few decisions like that. Up. You just got to have that nexus letter, just like you do for a VA claim. It's no different. It's just a different way of doing things. You find yourself a vocational counselor, a private one, not a VA one, of course. Say, hey, you think a, a, a new greenhouse would look pretty good on me? And they say, well, yeah, it would. Alex, man, I'll bet you it'd make you smile all the time, and you could help all them homeless folks eat better and, and probably save them a lot of dental problems. Well, I did, and I've been doing it ever since. And when I asked for a bigger greenhouse, VA says, no, that's 
that's not that doesn't fit into the program. It wouldn't. It's not. It's not required to be independent. Well, PBA <clears throat> judge says otherwise. So that's where the money is. Is you're never going to get any of this stuff at the board uh, at, down at the local level. They're they're trained to say no. That's all they know how to say. So you go to the Board of Veterans' Appeals and you win it. It's just time. What are you gonna? What do you got to do for the last six years of your life, or five? You got big plans? You're running for president or something? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want that job either. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> I trust the good Lord to keep his hand over my mouth today. <laughs> you know, girls, actually, you really ought to take advantage of that yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I would like to get one of them wheelchairs with the tracks on it. That I, this wheelchair I got here, I can't hardly go out and uh, raid the neighbor's garden. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to ask for a ride more. So what you got to do, start with, if you're going to do this, is the first thing you do is don't go to the VA and put in for an ILP claim. Don't ever do that. First thing you do is you go out and you say, well, go to, on Medicare. So you just go to uh, those vocational rehabilitation places. You look them up in the yellow pages. You find one. You call them up say, yeah, I got a subset of disabilities, and I'm looking to find something to occupy my time so that I feel useful. Well, come on down and let us make an assessment, and Medicare pays for that $135 intake claim, so don't worry about it. So you go down there and you do that, and we talk for about an hour, and finally the guy goes, oh, I see what you're doing. And After two or three of them visits, they say, you know... If you like gardening so much and you, you're stuck outside, you you can't go outside, well, maybe a greenhouse would be the ticket. And you say, yeah, well, the VA's got this program, and I could do that, but I don't have enough money to buy a greenhouse, so I'd have to get a, a counselor to say that that's what I need. And he says, well, hell, I'll write that for you, son. <laughs> oh, there's your nexus letter. There you go. A greenhouse ever since you got out of the service, and so you just need it right now. Yeah. You take that and I, a few other things. I got two different doctors, and doctor says, oh, yeah, he's healthy enough to do this. It doesn't require much as long as he doesn't have to lift. And there goes the hydroponics. Ow, I need a greenhouse, and it would make me happier and, and Boy, Alex would have a big smile on his face every morning when he went out to cut the lettuce. You know, I I get to give it to other people, people at the food bank. It, it's a, a win-win. Other veterans come over and help me with it all the time. It gets, gets out of their houses. It's almost like one of them community garden things. Well, Board of Veterans Appeals judge, God bless his soul, he's realized that's exactly what I'm doing, and he didn't have any problems. He had to give me a greenhouse and be quick about it. <coughs> oh, my God, now I'm getting that Hillary cough. Look out. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> you didn't want that. Could be pneumonia. Well, <laughs> It might be. Have you seen a doctor? Well, I'm just be some kind of jungle and jungle ingested lung disease there, Alex. <laughs> I hope well, I got to go. <laughs> They're going to be checking me, doing blood tests for me on this uh, uh, MS, or else it's, uh, it's the other one they're thinking about is Parkinson's, my exposure to Agent Orange. But, uh, they think maybe that has something to do with why I'm uh, always on tilt and running into wall, hallway walls and stuff like that, why I can't watch. So get to the bottom of it. Meanwhile, you know, as long as I catch it before I fall down, I'm I'm pretty good to go. Well, be careful. You'll be busting your hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
Mine was anemia. I was uh, low blood count. Every time I went to move, I'd get dizzy and fall over. Well, you got you on a heart medication like that card... Cardo, Coreg, it's Carvedilol, that's the name of it. That knocks your blood like 94 over 60, man. Don't get little black spots in your eyes after that stuff, then they'll up your dosage until you do. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stand up too fast. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I've, uh, I was out there in the garden doing something, pulling some beets or something, and I stood up. This was back in April before I realized what was wrong. I stood up real quick, and I just collapsed right back down, sat down right on my legs real hard, kind of fell back on my butt. There, wondering what had just happened. I, that, it hit me that fast and that quick. It was impressive. That it knocks you down that quick when you don't have enough blood pressure. Yeah. It, it sure does. But plays hell on your hips, too, from what Gerald says. <laughs> oh, God, that hurts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it couldn't happen along a wall or something that you can kind of ease yourself down. Always going to happen out in the middle of the floor. <laughs> well, I... Got, I've built a shower with a chair bench in it. I sit down and I'm taking a shower now because I don't feel like clobbering those tile at about 60 miles an hour. They're pretty sharp. Um, yeah. So anyway, you guys said your little thing when you when you wanted to uh, have this show. I wanted to. There is nothing more fun than being a VA agent. They give you all the phone numbers to all the regional offices and the director and the veterans service center manager, and you get the keys to the kingdom. You get to call the fee basis coordinator who's cutting your check for helping them. You get to talk to the appeals team guys. You don't use the 1-800-271-1000 number anymore. That doesn't exist. You've got regular phones and regular people, and they answer the phones today. Well, that's unreal. Yeah, I can call up the VA director of the Seattle Regional Office, leave a message with his secretary, and he calls me back in within <laughs> the next morning, calls and returns my call, and says, what can I do for you, sir? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty heady feeling is be able to have that kind of contact with these guys on a 24 real-time, 24-hour basis and, and call them and say, could you have my uh, raider that's working on Johnny Vett's claim now? Would you have him call me? What it tells you is this. VA, VSOs, Veteran Service Center, Veteran Service Organization, claims agent representatives that work for you have this asset. They have this liability if they've taken the test. Head, the DAV of veteran service officers who has taken the test and administers all those little gomers underneath him, has the power to do what I can do and call that director and ask for ask a question for him or get steered to the right fellow on the right telephone. Uh, the they, veterans do. they do have the power. Have that power. Yeah. So, well, then why do we have so many claims and uh, so messed up as we do? If they have that sort of power, uh, why isn't the VSOs uh, uh, calling in and say, hey, well, what's the problem with this claim so we can get it squared away? Well, the problem is very simple, is if you only know how to fill out a 526, only know how to fill out a 0958 Notice of Disagreement or an F9, but you know nothing about the laws associated about why you're even filling it out, very difficult for you to call somebody up and say, hey, you know, I think you guys are screwing Johnny Vett. 
He if you don't know what the law is, whether he should be getting screwed or shouldn't be getting screwed, it's kind of hard to complain about it to begin with. But mostly, Gerald, a VSO's, um, it's written right in their charter when they're chartered by Congress. It says categorically, it says, Mr. DAV VSO is going to help the Veterans Administration in the adjudication of veterans' claims. Note that it does not say the DAV is going to help the veteran in the adjudication of his claims. The whole charter hinges on those words. They are to help the VA. They're not there to help you. A VA agent or a VA attorney, on the other hand, is just like any attorney that you hire. Hey, we represent you. We can't do anything without talking to you first. You want to sue, them, sue the pants off of them? Uh, yeah, well, I'll help you do it. If I think you have a case, I'll do it. If I don't think you have a case, I won't file it for you because it would be fraud for me to file a false claim in your behalf. But if it's legitimate, and I, and I believe it's legitimate, then I'll I'll help you all the way to the end on this one. But I won't give in. I won't tell the VA, oh, yeah, I'll take 0% instead of 100 Sure. No. Well, it, it's, it's metric. I'll tell you guys what I told the group the other day. We were having a discussion on this in a pretty formal setting. Some person asked basically the same question, you know, as to, you know, why the uh, big three, the big organizations, how come they can't go on the limb and tell the veterans, hey, you know, you need an IMO, you need to do this. I can't explain to them the same way you explain it, but I, I put it, it this way. I said, well, I said, you put the big, you put all these big, the, the big groups, you know, the big VSOs are targeted by Congress. They're in a box, and there's certain things they can do inside that box. They're not allowed to go outside that box. Mm-hmm. And if you really want something done to go outside the box, you got to have a claim that you're an attorney. Yep. So you hit the nail on the head. Those guys don't have any training legally. They do 30 hours a year, I think, uh, sitting in front of TV screens and having somebody drone some stuff to them and they got a gin and tonic in one hand and a handful of pretzels in the other while they're doing it. Uh, and then usually one of those big three centers in the, in the lounge about 7 o'clock five times a year. And all these things. But they get their training that way, and basically, the training is: is hey, they came out with this new 010958. You got to start using this when you file a nod. Don't use the 4138 anymore. Okay, good. There's your 30 hours of training this year. It's pretty abysmal. They can do a better job training their people. They can do a lot well, better job and get better qualified people through the brother-in-law system, the buddy system. The further you go in this business, the more you learn, if you are a VSO, an actual service representative, if you got really good at this and started winning for veterans, your email box would be overflowing. All of a sudden, you'd have 200, 2,000 guys knocking on your door and saying, hey, I want you to do my claim. And he can't do that because he doesn't have the assets, the time to devote to it or anything else. If anything, it'll just turn him into a mediocre agent or, or a mediocre service representative because all of a sudden he's got 200 or 2,000 guys he's trying to care of instead of 20. I don't know of any attorney or agent who would ever go out there and try to rack up two or 300 clients unless they had attorneys working for them. Hey, Gerald, we got another caller, Eric Code 318. See that? Yeah, I do. Hi. Hi. Uh, you Hi. have a question uh, or a comment? Well, this is, yeah, I am. Hi, Alex. It's Vicki. Hi, Vicki. Hey. I am Lots of Spots, a.k.a. Lots of Spots. Listen, um, I'm going back to this ILP thing. I, I, I'm a, I've got some curiosity about something. Uh, we need yet another computer. Normally, we pay for everything. We've been paying for mattresses, you know, bathtubs, computers. I already have a boat in my garage, so I don't need a boat. Okay. 
Here's the thing. Um, my husband's got a thing about people coming in into our house. Okay, he's 100% uh, scheduler disabled that, and uh, has been since, oh, God, we went back so many times, I guess to 97 now. And uh, he, he, I would like to know to what extent do they come into your house and walk around? Cause he's got two gun safes in the computer room, and there's no way that's going to happen if, if I have to let somebody in there. You, you see what I'm saying? Okay, here's what – let me give you a brief one. From my standpoint of what happened with me, when okay. I had the first guy show up, is actually it was Chris Holloway in 2011. After I filled out all my 1900s and sat and for like maybe a, that many disabilities, I was never going to go back to work again. They said, "Okay, well we're going to have the ILP vocational rehabilitation guy come out to your house and talk with you. So he sat down with me and he says, so where are we going with this? And I said, well, I understand we have an ILP. And he says, yes, we do. I said, well, I think I'd like a computer. And he says, well, I see one right on the kitchen counter. And I said, that's my wife's so as part of her real estate company. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. If I got on there, chances I'd booger that thing up somehow and mess it up and then she'd get mad at me. I need my own computer. If I pick up any viruses, I can't afford infect her system. So we got into a big argument about how many computers can you have in one house right off the and, and you mm-hmm. can't use them, Mr. Graham, so that doesn't wash. So finally, I appealed it after he denied it, and it went back to D.C. To, for an administrative review. And, Vicki, if you've studied this, you know that 3497 was just exactly about this. O- OGC mm-hmm. precedent was about a computer. VA said, no, mm-hmm. you can't have it. Even if you're going to use it as a community tool to stay in touch and do this and that, you can't have one. And he won that. And the VA has been giving away computers ever since. They haven't been real happy about it, but they've been giving them away. If you can come up with a halfway decent reason for it, besides a professed Christian uh, historically collecting pornography, you probably could get one. <clears throat> but when you well, that, yeah. he he that didn't would be ask, the rationale, I guess. he didn't want to see anything. Where's your computer room? Where's this? Where's that? All he wanted to know was what do you need? What do you want? You don't. You could restrict him to the kitchen table and running around the house looking at stuff. You could say no. I don't need any grab bars. I don't need any electric can openers. No. I need a computer. I need a fill in the blank. Yeah, ours ours is starting to wear out, and, I, you know, and I, I'm i pretty active using it myself for VA stuff, so it's, I mean, most of the memory, I think, in the one we have right now is my fault. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, I want to mention something that has nothing to do with ILP. Is that okay, just real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, let's see. We got a decision today, a denial on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I guess, put my husband's stuff out on the street, on uh, ED and GERD, okay, G-E-R-D and ED. And there was no C&P exam offered to him. We claimed it on the basis of secondary um, effects of medications he's taking for service-connected conditions, which include hypertension meds, um, adrenals, insufficiency meds. All this stuff that we found out does either end up in GERD or ED, okay? So we've provided all that. One thing I didn't do quite yet was to get an IMO because I wanted to see how far I'd get without it. Before you well, go any further, uh-huh. did you provide them with a nexus letter saying these drugs this to my husband? Uh, we didn't get it from the doctor. We provided these attach- attachments that they give you when you go to fill your scripts. Mm-hmm. that say it right on there. No, you gotta have a yeah. yeah no, I I know you're you're right. Um, I didn't um, hold on a second. My dog's been barking. Um, that's that's what we're gonna do now. But I, I just it's, my point was that it was really interesting. This first time in 23 years, we never even got a CMP ordered. The decision letter came from uh, Wisconsin, 
And in one sentence, it's not the SOC, it's just the decision letter, real quick. And it didn't say, in one sentence, it says um, that doctor's records confirm diagnosis of erectile dysfunction, right? In the very next sentence, they say there is no diagnosis of ED. <laughs> I mean, absolutely contradictory, one after the other. Well, of course, and it's. I'm, OB2, they just cut and paste it into the decision. I mean, that's what happened. Well, so, so much for Palooza, but, you know. Right. But, again, you know, I've had this problem with a lot of guys. They would go to the VA and file their claim for hepatitis C, and then they'd go out and they'd get all these great Internet articles, and they'll say, yeah, man, look at this, and this has happened, and that happened, and then they'll say, and... Wait a minute, there's the VA FAST letter back in 2004, says it's plausible, right. and there's this, and I got that, and what my doctor said, yes, you're probably right, that's probably what it comes from. But they took all that stuff, and they didn't take in that one piece of letter, it says, one, one letter or whatever, one piece of info to put in there and just say it categorically. Mr. Mr. Twiddletoes is, uh, uh, his, his, ED is directly related to these drugs, and here's why. And, and let him present the medical treatise on the back of the bottle. Let the doctor say that for you, and you win. I, I, I have to enunciate that. You, unfortunately, do not, unless you have an RN after your name, like Sylvia, we could use Sylvia for doing this stuff. Uh, Sylvia Price, <laughs> HC vet. Use her. She's got an RN after her name. We can use her just like an ARNP or a doctor and say it's more likely than less likely. She's just as valuable as Dr. Bash for writing a uh, uh, excuse me a uh, Nexus letter or an IMO, especially where hepatitis C is concerned. Maybe yeah. not so much on uh, uh, on ED or GERD issues, but I again, it's just yeah. A we're going back. I'm going to go back to the doctor. I think his urologist is going to be very interested and surprised to hear that he doesn't have, that my husband doesn't have what he diagnosed him with because somebody at a desk in Wisconsin decided this. You need to get that. And once you have that diagnosis in your hand and not a rule out or could be, would be, should be, or. Yeah, more likely or, than not, as likely as not. Yeah, you get it. But have at put, least. Haven't put was due to. Don't put it. There's new information. You'll win it tomorrow morning. I guarantee you. Wait a minute. I'm missing. I'm missing that. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that, please? Having put exactly was due to. Either more likely than least likely than not. This situation, your husband, he has the case. Have that doctor and your office go ahead and say what is due to his med and his service sector disabilities, whatever they are. Was due to is 100% certainty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got it. It just, it, you know, I just thought it was different. <laughs> Maybe not so, but I thought it was. No, I mean, it's kind of a, I mean, it, that, that slam dunk right there, you know. I mean, it's, so they try to yeah. teeter on the, uh, on the boundary if you get, you know, can't give them, can't, can't give them any leeway. You've got you, you to pound it on down. Well, that, that, I'm good at that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Good night. Night, night. Night. Bye-bye. I'm trying to get that Vicky to come to work for me. <laughs> I want to think she knows it more than enough to pass that test for the VA agent, and I've been trying to give her my claims on that one so she can go take the test. It doesn't cost anything. All you have to do is get three people that know that you're not a Lester to say that you're a man of good conscience or a woman of good conscience, uh, you know. She's very or, active on Harriet, so. Oh, yeah. Red hot. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'd love to see her. She'd just be about as lethal as, as Carly if you turned her loose in the arena. Yeah. Rest her soul. Rest her soul. That woman had a lot of business in on this VA claim stuff. I just wish she was still here to share it, but. Oh, well. Yes. They'll be saying that you about all of us. God. <laughs> you spent a whole lot of time with Carly. Yeah, I'm a newbie. I've only got 29 years into this thing. No, excuse me, 27. I started in 89. 
Yeah, but now you got a title, man. You privileged character. Now you got the phone numbers. <laughs> I'm served. <laughs> you can reach out and touch it. Well, anyway, I was going to say is that this VA agent thing um, is uh, they they call you a non-attorney practitioner, which is a whole lot more fun than. VA agent. VA agent sounds like some kind of a guy that works at the Greyhound place who takes your tickets. Yeah. So, so, if I call up there and give them my VA accreditation number, they don't really know if I'm an attorney or an agent. <laughs> um, they, all they know is that they got. I'm, he's VA accredited. We got to deal with him. We can't tell him. Yeah, you know, you have, you have the same. You have the same practice. Uh, you know, the same practice. Uh, uh, and benefits that they have too, so I mean it really doesn't matter, Alex. Say that again, John. You have the same benefits to practice, you know, to practice the VA law they did, so Really it is only thing to... I but and it, you'd have to pay extra to do it anyway, would be to go up to the Court of Veterans Appeals. But done that by myself two or three, four times, that that's not the end of the world. No, but you know, as long as you have an inside track and know what's going on, you can do it. Well, exactly right. If I'm representing another vet, I already have, like, four different attorneys I just split the uh, fee with, and they'll take it from there for me because I've developed a claim all the way to the to the court, basically. All they got to do is walk in and argue it. Low box clerk. They're gonna be hearing more from me soon. I'm just, I'm just, I just feel like the fox in the house. Have you got a, have you got a bunch of clients lined up? What's that again? Have you got some clients lined up? Are you actually working and crunching the card all every day, or what are you up to? I'm working my butt off on that, John. I think I got about 20 clients right now, and I got about another 30 that I promised I would care of if I ever got a of my accreditation, and they're all knocking on the door. Of course, every guy that ever was served in Vietnam wants my help because I'm such a good success on weird, weird claims for Agent Orange adjudicated. That's a shame. Vietnam vets still haven't got to jump the hoops out there. You know, I mean, that's just crazy. This whole system well, is not, 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 gosh. I can't believe that I am the only veteran that is service-connected 100% for porphyria cutanea tarda. I cannot believe it. It's almost me that I went up there and made the argument to jump from 60. Or, well, actually, to jump from 100. They, they fought me for a year, and then they gave me 60, but the EVA judge gave me 100. But they compared it to dialysis because they go to the doctor every month. They take a pint of blood out of me, like a phlebotomy, like a blood donation. After about eight of those, you're pretty loopy. And you talk about those little black spots in your underneath your eyes when you bend over and yep. take pints of blood out over eight months. I'll tell you what, it's like being on LSD. <laughs> Now, it's, you get, now you get into MKO for stuff. Better be careful there, buddy. <laughs> visual, uh, I, how do you call it? The visual aberrations where you see things you know aren't happening out of the corner of your eye after for about two weeks after a lobotomy. Okay. Okay. We got a minute and a half left, girl. Uh, this, this show's been really, really good. I know this is going to be one for the archive there now, buddy. Yeah, this has been a good show. We need to get Alex back on here real soon. Well, you know where I live. Don't don't be hiding out so so long. Well, I had to go to that concert, that uh, the Gilead uh, Sciences, the people who manufactured that pill that saved my life. They invited me down to California. Oh, did they? They give you any extras? Well, no, but they gave us a big tour. They paid for the hotel room and all of our meals and and everything. They wanted to you. Three days. Yeah, you're a well, uh, you're a uh, you're advertisement for company, buddy. <laughs> well, it's horse time in Northwest. I got to go out and feed my horses and run my dogs, check my pumpkins. 
Thanks for listening.